telling you, there's little angels and a little bit bigger angels around everywhere today. Oh, from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul, yes, Lord. Can you say that today with all of who you are, with everything God comes to you? Can you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Are we at the top of the mountain? Are we at the top of the mountain? Sometimes that glow feels pretty good. Yes. 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 Can we say, yes, Lord? Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. We were debating a little bit about the glow today with the kids earlier. They were in here and they weren't sure which star they wanted to hang, how glowy and shiny it needed to be from the manger, so they took a vote. And it was pretty evenly split. So at the 9 o'clock service, we had a different star. <laughs> and at the 11 o'clock service, we have this star. Because sometimes, you know, you want the glow to be the way you understand the glow is supposed to be. Because you know what it's supposed to look like, right? Have you had any of those moments in your life? One of those moments where you just knew the angels were present. One of those moments where God was speaking right to you. Into something going on in your life, there was an answer, or there was a challenge, or there was a new direction, or there was a piece of the holy right there. And you were able to say, yes, Lord. And it, and it may not have looked like the top of a mountain, but for you it was. It was a moment in life where your direction changed, where the Spirit entered in, and God said, you are favored. You are favored. You are favored. Now I want you all to clap for that again later when I tell you what favored means. <laughs> but so here we are in Mary's story at the top of the mountain. Mary's got the angel Gabriel there with her. Gabriel's been busy because last week we heard about Gabriel going to Zechariah. And telling Zechariah that they were going to have a child. And Zechariah wasn't so sure, so Zechariah got struck silent. Couldn't say a word till the baby was born. You know, we all have different responses to angels. Some of us are dumbfounded and made silent. And the other of us ask more questions. And we get charged to do something completely different. And so last week, Zechariah and Elizabeth, an older couple that had been barren, receive the promise of a child, but they don't even get to name the kid. The angel tells them what to name them. So it's like they're finally going to have a kid, and they don't even get to pass on the family name. You know, it's a different name, a different direction. And you know, that kid was a preacher's kid, and they had trouble with him later, that old rebellious John. He went out against the temple where his father had served so faithfully and saying, we need to repent. You know, so some of these children listen to what we have to say, and maybe, maybe his father being silent made a difference. I want you to hear this in the early part of the story. When the angel is there on the mountaintop, two things have happened in this beginning of the book of Luke. The patriarch, the voice of power, has been struck silent. And then the wombs sing. The patriarch is struck silent. And then Elizabeth carries John and Mary carries Jesus. Sometimes in life, the power, whatever that power is, whatever that structure is, has to be stuck silent so that everyone else can sing. So that those who are on the margins can speak up. 
so those who haven't been heard yet have a chance to sing their song. So here in the beginning of Luke, they're saying something quite interesting in that the, the male priest of the temple is struck silent and then his wife and another young maiden get to tell the story. They get to tell the story in a new way. And so Mary receives the angel Gabriel's pronouncement and whatever wrestling she did, she says, yes, from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul, yes, Lord. You know, and in those moments, they can almost get you to say anything, can't they? When those angels are present and glowing all around you, they can get you to commit. What did I say I'd do? What was my commitment? You know, that angel was all nice and glory, glowy, glory too, sparkly, shiny, made me feel real good, made me think I can do anything. So I said, yes. I said, yes, yes. And then what happens in the story? The angel leaves. The angel departs. And then you're left wondering, what in the world did I commit myself to? I thought that angel was going to be around me and that the glowy part was going to stay and it was going to be glitter everywhere. You know, what does it mean that the angel got my commitment and then left? So Mary, Mary is then living in the gap between that moment of wonderful joy and what God has yet to realize. And in that gap, you have to wonder what went through her mind. Okay, who did she tell first? In the gap, she kind of had to go down to off the mountaintop into this different space and yet had to say, okay, when am I going to tell mom and dad I'm pregnant? And I wonder if she even got the chance to tell Joseph she's pregnant or if the gossip mongers got to him first. What does it mean to all of a sudden be in this gap and not being sure? Did, I, did it really happen? Did I see it that way? Did I hear it that way? Am I going crazy myself? Can I trust in the moment? Can I trust in the revelation of God in my life? Oh, goodness. Will they even believe me? Will they accept what I know to be true? Will they? Sometimes in the gap, we think God's left us, and that is just a lie. There is not a spot where God is not. If we're living down here in the gap or we're up on the mountaintop, God is with us each and every place. And when we're handling those tough questions, whether people believe us or don't believe us, God is with us. If we're wrestling with how do we respond when there have been more bombings in the U.S. than there are days in the year, more shootings, is God with us? When we wrestle with wars that are turning out refugees and where they might find home and what does it mean to be a people of generosity and a people of faith, I say, where's that angel now, God? Send me some glitter back. I need some help here. But God is with us right in the midst of all of those gaps, of the hard times in life where we don't have a clear answer and the moment may strengthen us. We may want to tuck it away, though, and only pull it out sentimentally to kind of remind us that we were favored instead of take some action that God's calling us to do because we said yes. We said, yes, Lord, I'm here. I will go. Mary responded in that way. So you might wonder, goodness gracious, 
What does Mary do? The angel is there, the angel is gone. She's in this predicament that has to work out one way or another. In the next part of Luke, Mary sings a new song. The angel's not there. The moment is not with her. But Mary sings a song of justice. Right in the gap, Mary starts to sing. She sings, oh, those who are high may be made low, and those who are low will be lifted up. Those who have so much more than they can spend will not have as much, and those who have nothing will have enough. The world will be turned upside down. Mary, in the midst of the gap, sings the song God has called her to sing. Not some demure little maiden that has no voice, but a song that says God's going to turn the world upside down. Oh, can we be like that? In the midst of the gaps of our life, walk and trust and sing the song that turns the world upside down. Even when it feels like the angel has left the room, can we trust God that much? to continue singing in that way. Oh, so Mary's song of justice changes the tenor of the Gospel of Luke. He's not done yet. That community hasn't finished writing the whole story. They said, okay, you people of power, shut up and listen to the ones who have a new song for us to sing. And I know there's times when I need to shut up. I've been in rooms I've been in rooms where I just needed to be there to listen. I've been in rooms where the women were the ones that needed to talk. I've been in rooms where people of color were the ones that needed to be speaking. I've been in rooms where people of different abilities were the ones that had to share their stories. My task was to be present and to walk with and to sing the song Mary was singing. Justice will come. God's committed to it. Can you still say, yes, Lord, yes? Because being favored means called to work. Being favored, being favored, this is what it means. Being favored means called to put it into action. Being favored means to take the very next best step you can do to make sure that song gets sung by everybody. Are you ready to say, yes, Lord? Let's be those kind of favored people. That kind of work that God calls us into of being favored. But living a life of favor as you do one more thing as you're doing the work is to expect God to show up anytime. In the midst of whatever's going on, to live expecting God to show up every time. In your life in new ways to keep challenging you. Mary sings a song of justice. She advocating for human rights and for equality. Read it. The beginning of the Gospel of Luke. We may want to keep her pretty and make it sentimental, but it's a song of transformation and change. And we know that doesn't come without some work. We know that does not come without some work. And I'd like to share this voice this time with one of our mothers in the congregation, Lourdes. And she'll come forward because... As we talk and read and learn about refugees in our world this day, I'd like Lourdes to share with me what it was like to come from Cuba to the U.S. 
What was it like? It was a challenge, uh, but I was blessed to be in a country that is very welcome. That I can say in my 22 years living here, I have been blessed. Plus, I have relatives here that helped me to settle down. To make the transition. Yes. And you said yes to me to coming up here. Are you still shaking? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Palms still sweating? Yes. A little bit. Yes. It's not easy for me to be here, but you got me into this. Yes. <laughs> because he received uh, an email from a couple of uh, Cuban refugees. New refugees. Yes, just got here about three weeks ago. Before we get to them, though, I want to okay. talk a little bit more about you. All right. Is that okay? okay? Sure. Okay. Tell me what it was like to be a Roman Catholic nun in Cuba oh. and come to the United States and get to the place of being an out lesbian singing in the gospel ensemble at Resurrection Metropolitan <laughs> Non in Cuba was was difficult because there's a very close structure there, and the worst thing for me is that I wasn't able to be myself. That's the part. The community was good, but I wasn't able to be open. So nothing to do with resurrection. The first time I show up to this church, I felt welcome, and I thought this is home. So thank you. So you started to tell us the story of the new refugees because you wouldn't have come up here unless you had something to tell us about and Absolutely, ask us for. So yes. tell us a little bit about them. Uh, they are already here. So if you want to call them, will you? <laughs> that would be. <laughs> George and Wigman, are you here today? Will you stand yes, up? They are. Room? Come on, stand up. <laughs> They are a couple. They have been together for 13 years. They emailed Troy. Troy introduced me to them, and we are trying to help them. There is an organization named Alliance who's helping them, and last week they were able to get into their apartment. So that's good. But they have no furniture, no nothing. So that's why we are asking you When you leave, you can't bring anything with you. No, just a Nothing. backpack, that's it. Just a backpack. That's it. So if you can help, sometimes you buy new furniture or you have extra furniture that you have there hanging around. If you will be kind enough to donate to them, they are blessed. They said they are very happy, really happy, even though they are sleeping on the floor, but they feel free. So, thank you. If you would like to help, so where will you be? If they I like will to? be in the gathering place. And if you want to uh, feel like donate something, I will be there, and you can contact me. Okay. And so, kitchen stuff, 
Oh yeah, anything is welcome, anything. And thank you to this community, thank you to this country, to Troy, and to the Gospel Choir. It's a blessing to me. So, you think your applause might be enough, but it's not. (laughs) We're hit with a gospel story that says, um, you need to be about justice. And I want to ask you to participate in a unique way in helping this family and beyond these walls, other families that need help. These two refugees are from Cuba, but others from Syria are coming into Texas, and we may ask for more support as people start over, start fresh. And so I want to ask you, what God was asking Mary, and I'm going to ask you to respond, and it's through a call and response, and as we put the first one up, the bold part is yours, and hopefully I'll be able to see it from here. Greetings, favored ones. We know what favored means now. God is with you and intends to do great things through you. How can this be? Yet you have found favor through God. And the Holy Spirit will darken you, guide you, and work through you to care for this world and people God loves so much. For nothing is impossible with God. Here am I, your servant. Let it be, let it be. For nothing is impossible with God. Say it. Nothing is impossible with God. One more time. Nothing is impossible with God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Okay, you've just dedicated yourself to be a bunch of Marys. (laughs) May you sing a song of justice each and every day. Amen. Emperor and the pauper 
with the lion and the lamb Kneel down before her newborn For his peace they understand bells ring out these tidings let them echo across the land that a king is born in Bethlehem and his kingdom is at hand let the world rejoice together as we gaze upon the stars knowing every one is our sibling and that every child is ours knowing everyone is our sibling and that every child Oh, oh, oh. 